this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. That's the sound of fall leaves. <laughs> oh, is it? It's leaves falling outside. It sounds a little bit like our, our coffee maker when it gets going. It does. Boy, that's how you know, huh? That's I think how you of know. Leaves, I think of leaves more like, and allow me. Yeah, do your onomatopoetic sort of leaf sound. This is Rachel's onomatopoetry corner. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> it's fun to make leaf sounds. Whoosh. Um, it's oh boy, howdy. Uh, I miss I miss Austin. I miss our friends in Austin. I miss yes. a lot of stuff about Austin. But Bye. when I open up that weather app and I do a little side by side swipey swipe comparison, or it's like sixty degrees and getting flirting with sweater weather. Yeah. Compared to 90 degrees. Not sweater weather at all. Boy, howdy. This is uh, this is exciting. I'm very excited to have fall be a thing. That's weird. Yeah, I'm so not used to it. Griffin took a little video of our boys, and in the background, you can see the the trees, the leaves changing colors. Yeah, and in I, real time. And I was like, I, I'm not even ready. I'm not, I <laughs> My am. heart can't take it. I'm so ready. You baked some pumpkin muffins this morning. I You're did. in. Fo- you've made chili like three times in the last <laughs> month. You're fucking ready for fall. Don't tell yeah. me that you're not. For sure, my little Midwestern heart is my just Midwest heart is so excited. Pumping. I'll say, small wonder hockey's happening. We can't watch it. Not yet. It's Schrodinger's hockey. If we observe the <laughs> uh, the hockey, it will exist. But it is happening. It's just not televised yeah. yet. I think the game tonight is televised, though. Playing those Chicago Blackhawks. Cannot wait to see this contest. Sure, there's been some changes to the lineup. Am I going to miss Vile Husso? Of course I am. Am I going to miss David Perron? With every fiber of my being. Yes. Probably not as much as O'Reilly and all all the boys are going to miss Perron. Yes. He's the heart and soul of the team. I'll never forget seeing them front row for my birthday. David Perron's handsome face just skating by. The light glinting off his perfect teeth. His perfect jaw. God dang. Uh, What a fella. But hey, Red Wings, enjoy them. Detroit. Have fun. Have fun, Detroit. <laughs> Can I say my small one? Yeah, sure. I've kind of lost track of where we're at. Uh, so this morning, I spent easily 20 minutes just looking at a variety of pumpkin patches. Nearby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of them in Virginia. Uh, but all like within the hour of driving distance, just so, many, so many patches with pumpkins in them. Let's do a pumpkin into an apple do a pumpkin patch pick out our pumpkin apple pick the apples squish the apples into cider squish the pumpkin into pie just go fall (laughs) to the max (laughs) um yeah part of me wonders like if we do the pumpkin patch and skip the apple picking like that's well, I just feel like it's out of order. I feel like if we go straight to patch, then we've we've there's got to be an orchard slash patch. Oh no, there definitely out is. there that can scratch both these itches for us at the same time. There definitely is. A lot of them turn over though, right around this month. So we're we if we're closing we in, hurry. we got to get know. in that sweet liminal space, that transitory period. Apples and pumpkins. Apples and pumpkins. One go. One go. <laughs> 
God, I'm I'm stoked right now. <laughs> yeah, didn't think I would be, but talking about high fall energy. gives me just the max vibes. We got our door open to the office, getting that good leaf wafting cold smell into the. Oh man, I got a candle going. Oh, a nice wick habit. I believe that's a brown sugar cookie, some sort of situation. Okay, it's sen- it's from a sensory perspective. This this office is a very good space right now, and I just want you to know that I appreciate that, and I appreciate you. Okay. All right. Bring it back. <laughs> Can I talk about my thing? I'm also excited about my topic this week. Yes, please. I go first this week. Yes. I'm going to talk about NASA's DART mission. Ah, uh, I knew I didn't it. Re- this happened last night. I yeah. didn't realize that this is like hot off the presses. It's Tuesday morning as we're recording this. Monday at around 7 o'clock. I had not heard of DART mission at all. Uh, until I saw a video of uh, the Applied Physics Lab Mission Control celebrating the success of the DART mission uh, when at 7 o'clock last night, they crashed a spacecraft into an asteroid that's 530 feet in diameter, 6.8 million miles away. That's insane. I know you're wondering, why did they do this thing? It's because they wanted to know what the sound it made was. Which seems wasteful to me. So the danger wasn't imminent here. It no, wasn't these, like, these, these ast- if this doesn't work, we're in trouble. No, it is called the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. And it's basically a testing of our planet's ability to defend itself from near-Earth bodies, celestial bodies. Um, this one, this seems like a valid exercise. Fuck, yes it does. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so... It was actually a binary asteroid system that uh, that that this was targeting. Uh, there is uh, an asteroid called Didymos, and it has a smaller asteroid orbiting it called Dimorphos. So that was the target. Um, so they launched this this craft, which is about the size of a vending machine, off of the back of a Falcon Nine SpaceX rocket last November. Okay, didn't hear about that. Did hear wow. about the radical crash that? Ha- so, yes, yeah, so this thing traveled for ten yeah, months. Yeah, so they would have had to project where the asteroid would be 10 months or can you steer it when it's up there they could make uh adjustments and they did have to make adjustments like on the fly it was a pretty like this craft didn't carry like any science equipment or anything like that it had like sensors and propulsion basically is is all it had in a very 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 limited package um but yes this this they are this this mission was an unmitigated success from a like hitting the target standpoint the craft missed the center of the asteroid by 55 feet which is when you convert it out all the more impressive knowing that it traveled nearly 36 (laughs) billion feet to reach the target it missed the the middle of it by 55 feet you know there's like some engineer who's just like just like god we're so beating themselves up over this uh so what's unknown still is how much this will affect the like orbit and trajectory of Dimorphos. Um, that's kind of what the project's job is now. Over the next couple of months, they get these very limited windows of time where they can actually observe Dimorphos to see like how much this impact had on on the asteroid's relative motion. Yeah. So it didn't like it didn't break up into like a million pieces. No, it didn't carry any kind of that kind of uh, uh of payload okay uh, but again like they don't really know right like uh they they it will that is an impossible thing for them to predict necessarily is how like how it exploded and how the explosion <laughs> will will make it go um but that's like not what the test is for right if in, in the incredibly unlikely scenario where like uh, a near earth asteroid which i think is anything within 30 million miles technically falls into that category and there's lots of things that 
enter that field and pose no threat to Earth whatsoever. But if there was one, uh, we wouldn't be blowing it up, right? We would just need to, from far enough away, adjust its trajectory a little bit and get it to miss the Earth. Uh, so, like, blowing up an asteroid would be, like, getting that much mass out there is is not particularly realistic. Sorry, Armageddon. And I guess <laughs> Deep Impact. Um, the photos that came out of the DART mission, that came out of the craft, were absolutely bonkers because it had a camera facing Dimorphos on its approach. And so this video that I mentioned earlier, please look it up because it is... It is jubilant where you see all of these engineers at the Applied Physics Lab watching as these photos get clo- show this closer and closer and closer image of the surface of this thing that is so very far away, uh, just get closer and closer. And then they realize at a certain point, like, oh, we're going to hit this thing. Yeah. And they just start celebrating. And then the photos get closer and closer until you are seeing this incredibly detailed image yeah. of like the, like the pores the pores of this thing <laughs> yeah. before the image just like gets glitchy and red and it's like your your thing exploded uh, and then they celebrate that their thing exploded yeah it's very charming and also highly memeable I feel like you memeable. could put something else on that screen and get closer and closer and closer and there's 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 some fun to be had there. if you also <laughs> want to anthropomorphize is that a word I don't know like mechanical things like the Mars rover that sings happy birthday to itself uh <laughs> Like seeing this thing's impending doom as it gets closer. It is a little bit haunting, but it's just like, this is one of those things that just seems like from a humanity perspective, pretty radical that we can do that, right? Like, we don't know still about the effect of it, but knowing that we can shoot a shot that far away at something moving that fast and hit it is... So cool. So actually, back in 2005, NASA uh, conducted a kind of similar test using a craft called Deep Impact, which I was like trying to see like that that movie came out in like 98. (laughs) Did they name it after that? And they're like, oh, no, coincidentally, it was just called Deep Impact. I guess they had been working on it since before the film had had (laughs) come out. Um, But there it was a really cool mission too. the Deep Impact craft traveled way further. It traveled 267 million miles. uh, And then it was actually the the craft was two parts. Uh, There was like the craft itself. And then it had this super heavy copper payload that it fired out at a comet called Temple One at a relative speed of 23,000 miles per hour. So like it didn't even need any explosives on it, like the kinetic energy that this copper weight had uh, just blew a crater like so very big into this into this uh, into this comet Um, and then the craft of it like took pictures of the dust and debris and stuff that came out so that they could learn more about sort of the composition of comets like Temple One so like this was way 267 million miles away much 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 further away than than this mission but the difference is that Temple One is over four and a half miles wide so like it's almost 50 times bigger than yeah. Dimorphos. Yeah. Um, so still an incredible accomplishment. But the fact that we are able to hit something with such like pinpoint accuracy yeah. is is just radical. It's the same reason I get excited about that. The, the James Webb telescope and like all of these things yeah. that are just like, that's just good. Like 
they, obviously, you can always argue that, like, oh, the the budget that went into this thing could have been funded yeah, off in all of these other ways. But, like, there's so many ways that I would rather adjust the budget of everything. Uh, yeah. And the idea that we have proven ourselves capable of potentially having some sort of defense against this thing that we've seen so many horror movies yeah. about like it's it's just well and it's great. also a reminder like if we can figure that out there's probably a lot simpler wow. problems that we could we could that's attack that's beautiful <laughs> uh yeah that's that's the dart mission watch that video watch the video of the applied physics lab celebrating it is nourishing from like yeah. a a human perspective from a scientific perspective from just like a nerd like this is just a big room full of fucking nerds and they're like we Yes, like <laughs> they just they just did a very very cool thing, and uh, I'm I'm very excited about that this morning. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about fall. It's just everything's everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> uh, can I steal you away? Yes, thank you. Griffin, yeah, you know it's a shame. What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple tumble bims here, and I would love to read the first one. It is for all of our listeners, and it's from Simon, who says... 
Hello, wonderful listeners. This one goes here. Let me do this in like my late night radio DJ voice. This one goes out to all the other single people <laughs> who might feel lonely or crushed by the world. Sometimes you are needed. You are loved. Look out, Delilah. Look out, Delilah. I'm coming for your throne. Simon, that is very uh, kind, very yeah, sweet. Yeah, now I, everybody that listens to this show has received a Jumbotron. That's right. You can put that on your resume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jumbotron recipient. Exactly. Do you want to read this next one? Yes. This is for Noah. It is from Nick. Hey, Booger. It's Booger. I'm so glad. Then I asked my roommate for your number and invited myself to your game nights. We've had more than 10 wonderful years together of travel, raising two munchkins, and binging reality TV at the suggestion of our favorite podcasters. I can't wait to see what the next 10 plus years have to offer. I love you and stuff. Uh, hover boots. Um, oh, okay. Food that is like a, like a pill, but you put it in a special machine and then it turns it into a big pizza. Um... I'm just saying the things that the next 10 years I thought, have see, I was thinking about the 10, next 10 plus years of reality television. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, hover boots, once those are introduced, like they're going to be such a common part of our yeah, lives. Yeah, every reality a, competition will have a yeah. hover boot challenge. Freaking Mark Cuban just hovers in through the window in Shark Tank. <laughs> Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stuff. <laughs> it's so, so exciting. Join me, J. Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong. Along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the Trivia Game Show podcast, Go Fact Yourself. Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marble or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We got this with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. What's up? What's up? You want to hear the thing? More than anything. It's a trip to the Poetry Corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm sorry that I've trapped you in this prison of coming up with a theme song every time we do this. I trapped myself in there, too. That time, the bass, the bass just like <laughs> fell down and like just kept going up the fretboard. <laughs> Hitting, hitting the the illegal notes. So let me let me be honest with our listener. Um, I'm out of poets. Yeah. Uh, I think when we first started this corner, I had a deep, deep bench of poets that I knew and loved and and was familiar with, and could very easily think, oh, you know who I should talk about this one. Uh, now I'm at a point where I am I'm seeking them out. Okay. Which isn't a bad place to be. No, it's a fun place to be. But I, I just want you all to know, those of you at home that think, wow, how, this, she knows a lot of poets. I want to be clear. I'm, I'm finding She's done. them. Oh. <laughs> I'm finding them the same way that you could. Yeah. You all could start your own poetry corner. Yeah, by I, going to the jazz clubs. And I am not litigious. So on just poetry so you know. night. 
if you want to start your own poetry corner, do the same thing I did, which is look for poems and poets that you like, mm-hmm. and then try and see if you can figure out who's in that same like orbit. Yeah. Uh, so I, sorry, I just had an image of you <laughs> where it, like in a black turtleneck and black. Bur- I think I'm imagining <laughs> Judy Funny from Doug. <laughs> Doug's like cool beatnik sister. Yeah. Man. Wow, that's a deep cut. Is it? I guess so. I mean, most of us know Doug. You, we all remember Doug. (laughs) But I could not tell you the name of his sister. Judy Funny was her name. Anyway. Anyway. uh, So I, you know, when I'm looking for a poet that I think is going to be accessible and enjoyable for the listener who may not have an interest in poetry, I'll usually start at Billy Collins. Who who I've brought to this show before. He was a U.S. Poet Laureate. Sure. Super, super popular. Like in the the realm of poet, he's like, everybody knows Billy Collins. Yeah, of course. Uh You remember when I talked about him on the show? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so the poet I wanted to talk about this week is Thomas Lux. Okay. Which is a new to me poet. Okay. Uh, But, you know, pretty accomplished uh, in his day. Um, and probably should have known about him, if I'm going to be honest. Hey, don't beat yourself up. Well, I think what happened when I went to graduate school is I started getting into this like much more academic experimental realm of poetry. And so I started to lose touch with like the poets out there that are, are, you know, kind of more accessible and more, more welcomed by, by the, the larger community beyond the the poets and and such. So, so Thomas Lux published his first book in the 1960s after graduating from Emerson College, and then through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, he uh, commuted between Boston and Sarah Lawrence College in New York, where he taught for 27 years. Good lord! Before he passed away in 2017, uh, he published 19 books of poems. Uh, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of books of poems. That's a great deal of books of poems. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to read a poem that he wrote. Uh, but before I do, I want to ask you something that I think is going to be important, uh, and valuable to your listening experience. Okay. Which is, did you have a relative that had an old fridge in their garage? Yeah, of course. Okay. That's- I mean, that's a, yeah. And it had a smell. Yeah. <laughs> It's an important thing uh, to think about as you go into this poem. I, while reading it, was thinking of my grandma and grandpa's house on my mom's side. They lived in like a real small town in Illinois called Redbud, Illinois. And they had a very old fridge uh, in their garage that had a lot of RC Cola. Did I go there for Thanksgiving one year? No. No. No, they were they were gone by the time we met. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think the tradition of having a fridge in your garage was carried on through several <laughs> of my aunts and uncles. So I'm sure that you have the fridge in a garage experience. Yeah. If you have attended a family gathering. Yeah, my Aunt Betty had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like every garage fridge, I'm not making this up, has like a, there's a reason they keep it in the garage. <laughs> You know, well, yeah, it's like it's like the kind that still needs to be defrosted. Uh, yes, that you probably wouldn't put like your real important food in, but no. like to put a can of soda is okay. And the can of soda you do have to decant because it carries this imbue. It is imbued with garage fridge smell. Is this the poem? Am I guessing what the poem's about? <laughs> Almost. Okay. Uh, so this poem is called Refrigerator, nineteen fifty-seven. More like a vault, you pull the handle out and on the shelves, not a lot. And what there is, a boiled potato in a bag, a chicken carcass under foil, looking dispirited, drained, mugged. This is not a place to go in hope or hunger. 
but just to the right of the middle of the middle door shelf, on fire, a lit from within red, heart red, sexual red, wet neon red, shining red in their liquid, exotic, aloof slumming in such company, a jar of maraschino cherries. Three quarters full, fiery globes like strippers at a church social, maraschino cherries, maraschino, the only foreign word I knew. Not once did I see these cherries employed, not in a drink, nor on top of a glob of ice cream, or just pop one in your mouth, not once. The same jar there through an entire childhood of dull dinners, bald meat, pocked peas, and see above, boiled potatoes. (laughs) Maybe they came over from the old country, family heirlooms, (laughs) or were status symbols bought with a piece of the first paycheck from a sweatshop, which beat the pig farm in Bohemia, handed down from my grandparents to my parents to be someday mine, then my child's? They were beautiful, and if I never ate one, it was because I knew it might be missed, or because I knew it would not be replaced, and because you do not eat that which rips your heart with joy. That is a good poem. Isn't that charming? I don't think I've ever laughed at a poem that much before (laughs) that you've read on the show. I've read a few kind of like humorous Yeah, but that one was like, that one was funny in a deeply relatable very specific way uh-huh. that I adore. Yeah, I I really, I appreciate, I was excited to discover him. Bob Hickok is another poem I've talked about yeah, on here sure. before. Uh, it's that same kind of like... He did a poem about a state, right? Bob Hickok? Yeah, a- yeah. He was traveling like across like, yeah. the Midwest and, and wrote a poem about it that yeah. I read. But yeah, just that kind of like real experience. Um that I, I just really enjoy. Uh, and there, Thomas Lux did a lot of those poems. That was delightful. It was delightful. I, I really wanted to kind of introduce what the poem was about because I feel like it is even more powerful if you are picturing that phrase yeah, like for, sure. for minute one. Of course. Billy Collins actually has, has talked about Thomas Lux before. Uh, and he said, the refreshing thing and the enviable thing about him for me was that most of his poems weren't about him. They were about something else, something interesting, marine life, mining, vegetables. He would smuggle in an emotional content, but his poems were always interesting and very eccentric. A lot of poetry today just fails that test. It's not very interesting. Great. Sure. Uh, I was reading about him a little bit. He actually, he has a daughter that uh, went to the UT Austin School of Social Work and now has her own book out. Not a poetry, but a fiction. That's great. Uh, So I thought that was really cool. But apparently like an incredible teacher, super passionate about teaching. I mean, obviously he he taught at Sarah Lawrence for 27 years. And... uh, just uh, just a really like unique kind of welcoming voice um i was excited i was excited to find him i would encourage i mean he's got a lot of books 19 so you know i would encourage people to uh, seek him out can you spell out. his last name l u x oh okay cool yeah uh yeah and he just passed away in 2017 um so you can find a lot i a lot of my information i pulled from a, a new york times obituary but uh, but very cool, exciting, like an exciting to find uh, a new poet, like all the time. I just, I, uh, I can't encourage people enough to keep seeking out stuff that speaks to them. 
Hey. Hey. <laughs> I just did a really big stretch. It was a big stretch. There. Yeah. It was a big fall stretch. It big felt fall, fall stretch. to me. My tummy came out. So, hey, thanks to uh, Bowen and Augustus for these Rhythm song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there, please. And uh, we have stuff at McElroyMerch.com. Some shows coming up in Detroit and Cincinnati and here in Washington, D.C. That's at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. And that's it. I... Y'all just get 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 out there and you know and <laughs> can I can I ask you something? Yeah, I've noticed that your brothers have started making you end uh, episodes of my brother and my brother it's and me so with exhausting, an, an inspirational quote, and I feel like sometimes you you try and bring that energy to this show too. Well, I feel like I was bringing that energy to this show before they asked me to do it on my bim. I know, know, right? And now it's too much. Um, I think they're jealous that they don't host this. They're jealous of you. <laughs> wow, and they're jealous of me. That's a that lot. I get to host it with you. It's 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 uh, a lot to take on. I know it is, but uh, yeah, you know, this should be a safe space for me <laughs> 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 to not have to say anything entertaining in the final stretch. Yeah, here. you've done enough. Take her yeah. easy. So you, do, why don't you close her close close her out? Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, to all our wonderful listeners out there, keep. Reaching for the stars. <laughs> That's good. Perfect. <laughs> you did it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.